Hello and welcome to Imperfect Men, yet another Rexypod rating all the founding fathers of the U.S. From Andrew Adams to George With. I'm Cody. I'm Steven. And today we are discussing John Blair Jr. Ooh, John Blair Jr. Jr. Yes. So I'm guessing he had a father named John Blair. <laughs> nope. Oh, no. No, no, he, he, he did. No, oh, okay. Right. Uh, yeah, a founding father, or maybe a founding father. We'll see. Founding or floundering from Virginia. Virginia, uh-oh. Signer of the Constitution. Oh, so. okay. Sign the Constitution. Yep, let's, uh, let's get right into it. Born on April 13th, 1732 in Williamsburg, Virginia. Okay. Uh, what was then the capital of Virginia? Colonial Williamsburg. Well, at least we have that. Last guy, nothing. Yeah, last guy was... <laughs> was it Biddle? Biddle? Yeah. Biddle. So irrelevant, I forgot who it was. Yeah, pretty much. Yes, Colonial Williamsburg. Fun place to go for a day. <laughs> I went there about 11 years ago. My girlfriend at the time, and we booked for a week. Mm-hmm. We got Colonial Williamsburg itself done in a day. Oh no! So we had like four days. Like, what do we do now? So we just drove around different places in Eastern Virginia. Went to Virginia Beach, Yorktown, Jamestown. Jeez. Uh, Monticello. Hey. So, so you it, if you go, just know like you can do it in a day. <laughs> so you don't need the whole week. Unless you want to go to all those other yeah, places. Yeah, unless you want to go everywhere else, which is a lot of driving, but. Anyway, um, John Blair Jr., the son of Mary and John Blair. His father was a merchant and a politician, serving several years in the House of Burgesses and a few stints as the acting royal governor. Mm. So, powerful man. Yeah, of course. Uh, Blair's granduncle, uh, Jr.'s granduncle, had founded the College of William and Mary, the second oldest university in the United States. Dang. Uh, which John Jr. attended and graduated from in 1754. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to England in 1755 to study... Want to take a guess? Herbalism. No. Uh, um, hold on. Uh, gynecology. No. Dang it. Uh, I. It's got to... I don't know. What could it be? Law. Oh, no. Law. No way. No, I know. A lawyer. Who would have fucked? There's so many lawyers. So yes, many. he would have studied law at the Middle Temple. Uh, and while he was over in Britain, he married Jean Balfour in 1756 in Edinburgh. Ooh, Edinburgh. Yeah. Beautiful city. I couldn't find out much about her. I didn't know if she was actually Scottish herself or British or hmm. an American expat. Couldn't find out anything too much about her. So mm. that's really all I know. Fair enough. Uh, he returned to Virginia with his new bride and was admitted to the bar in 1757. Ah. So he's a spry 25-year-old man. Nice. He's at the bar. Uh, spends the next several years, you know, doing law. <laughs> Lawyer things. Yes. Uh, before he himself was elected to the House of Burgesses in 1766. Uh, he, initially, he was a moderate on the relationship with Britain, opposing more radical members of the assembly like Patrick Henry. Uh, but as Britain took more authoritarian measures, he moved more towards the radical camp. Uh, he supported the non-importation agreements with, against British goods in the 1770s and was among those who called for a Congress of States in response to the intolerable acts in 1774. Okay, yeah. So he's, like, he's supporting, like, hey, you know, maybe we should all you know, get together and talk about this. Uh, But after the start of the Revolution, Blair was involved in drafting a new constitution for Virginia, 
as well as the Virginia Declaration of Rights. And and I, I think he must be like the fifth or sixth guy who's held this position. He was elected the Chief Justice of Virginia in 1778, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. serving until 1785. Yep. So, like, we, we've seriously talked about like three or four Chief Justices yes, we have, at this yeah. point. So it's like, I don't know why, why that commonality exists, <laughs> but it does. It's weird. So, it is yeah. a weird thing. Uh, he was selected as a delegate to the Constitutional Convention in 1787, where he signed the Constitution. And he was appointed by George Washington as one of the first five associate justices of the U.S. Supreme Court. Dang. In September 1789, beginning his service in February 1790. Nice. Well, okay. Yeah. That's uh, impressive. But, he, re- but he, re- uh, he retired from the court in October 1795, citing his age. And he died on August 31st, 1800, at his home in Williamsburg at age 68. Dang, man, they died, they so, died so early back then. Yeah. It so, makes sense, though. The medical <clears throat> stuff wasn't that good. So Yeah. So, yeah, so that's a little bit of the biography about John Blair Jr. Yeah. Now for the categories. Perpetual Union. So that's a little bit about John Blair Jr. So now on to the categories. Perpetual Union. How important were they to the drafting of the founding documents? Mm-hmm. Blair, quote, sat quiet for four months, leaving scarcely a trace that he had been there. End quote. <laughs> no way. Who said that? It was from one of the one of my like list of books I have. From okay. The, oh, oh I see. Yeah, yeah, it was a quote from the book. Yeah, uh, that's it's hilarious. Like, of of you know my usual research materials, you know the stuff that you know, was on the pin tweet, you know my general sources. A lot of them are about the Constitution. He only pops up, like, he's only meant, like, he's looking through the index at the back. His name is only in, like, half of them. That's hilarious. And of those, it's, like, it's stuff that, like, oh, he was one of the delegates. He, <laughs> he signed there. it. He was there. And this is pretty much the most fleshed out I could find. Okay. So it's, like, he's That's there. He sat quietly, what is this, for four months? Yep, leaving scarcely a trace that he had been there. <laughs> that- <laughs> man, I don't know. That's oh man. So I don't know you, if that's what you want to hear about yourself. You know, like if you could, like you know, if you're in a different realm or whatever. Yeah. You know, and you're hearing that, you're like, really? I mean, I I did things. <laughs> I wasn't scarcely there. <laughs> I showed up. I look. I showed check, up in my check job. The attendance rolls. I was there every day. <laughs> yeah. I that's just, funny. Just because I never raised my hand. <laughs> Never said anything. <laughs> oh boy! So what do you want to give him? Well, um, that just off of that quote, zero. I was gonna give. I was gonna at least give him a half a point. I thought about a half a point, but I'm weird about giving. But half but you points. know what? That's fine. If he, he has a total of half a point in this category, that's fine. Okay, that's because that's the like the bare minimum you can get. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, no, that's... We don't, we're, we're not doing like you know quarter points or anything like that. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Well, so, okay, that's 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 it then. So with a 0 and a point 0.5. That is a point 0.5 <laughs> for perpetual union. Not mm. a great start. No. But he's going to do a little bit better in this cat in this next category. Okay. We the people. How influential were they outside of the founding documents? So as I said, served in the Virginia legislature in the 1760s and 70s. Mm. Uh, he worked on Virginia's constitution. In 1776, like the new, you know, getting rid of the colonial government, they're now a state. Right. The state government, so. 
Uh, he served as the Chief Justice of Virginia, as I mentioned, and one of the cases he ruled on in 1782, Virginia v. Caton, which set a precedent that the judiciary can declare acts of the legislature unconstitutional. Ooh. So the theory of judicial review, Ooh. which would become much more important later on on a national level. Right. Not from him. Uh, because he was off the Supreme Court by that point, by the time this becomes... He was dead by the time this comes around, but... Sure, sure. But, like, this is, like, kind of one of the first mentions of that. Mm, okay. So, and and in judicial rulings, precedent is often cited in, you know, court cases. Like, well, before, you know, this was the ruling. Mm. So this is the precedent for this type of situation. Oh, sure, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, he worked on the on a committee in 1786 that revised Virginia's legal code. And as I mentioned, he was one of the first five associate justice, uh, justices of the Supreme Court. Now, mm. I'm going to take a little bit of a sidetrack. Uh-oh, here we go. And kind of explain the Supreme Court around this time. All right. So in the Constitution, Article One fleshes out the legislature, very detailed what Congress can and cannot do. Constitution. So like Article One fleshes out the legislature, says, you know, what it can and can't do. Article 2 fleshes out the executive branch, president, what they can and cannot do. Article 3 is related to the judicial branch. And when it comes to Supreme Court, and really the judiciary as a whole, it's a lot more ambiguous. Okay. So it says, like, there's a Supreme Court, has a chief justice, and Congress may decide on however it sees fit to set up the, judi- the judiciary. Okay. Uh, which it did. is one of the first things it did, is set up the in the Judiciary Act of 1789. Sets up, like, district courts, that type of thing. Sets the size of the Supreme Court. Um, but the Supreme Court's powers are very ambiguous on what it, what it can and can't do. Okay. Uh, so, it's definitely seen around this time as the weakest of the three branches. There's sure. not a lot of procedure. There's not a lot of power there. Right. I think you talked about this before. Like, they, they only saw so many cases. Yeah, like, oh, like over Blair's time on the court over about five years they only see 13 cases right, right exactly yeah because so, like they didn't really know what they did but so. like the, the fact that the first chief justice resigned to go be governor of new york <laughs> should tell you how much prestige the court had oh. and how much power it had it's like he saw governor of new york as a better more powerful position than the, than the chief justice of the united states wow well, yeah. that's fair enough it wouldn't be until 1803, in the case of Marbury v. Madison, uh, that would establish judicial review, like where the Supreme Court can review an act and declare it unconstitutional right. in a lawsuit. That's a big one. Uh, yeah, and that, that's like the most important judicial case in U.S. history, by far. Um, but we will talk about that more, um, because the Chief Justice, the fourth Chief Justice, John Marshall... He's the head of the court at that time. He didn't sign any documents, but he is influential enough, especially on the history of the Supreme Court. We are going to do an episode on him eventually. Oh, okay. Because I think he should be considered a founding father. Dang, all right. I like the founding father of the Supreme Court. Either he didn't like have any hand in its establishment or creation. He right, kind of right. made it what it is. So okay, that's we'll be doing, big... but that's... he. Name starts with his last name starts with an M, and we're in the B's, so he'll be a while. Um. So the so the court it's just like not powerful at this time. It doesn't have like even during Marshall's time, it didn't have its own 
building. <laughs> like it just met. It literally met in the basement of Cong- or the Capitol building. Yeah, I, didn't you say they like traveled around too? They did. Uh, they used to ride circuit. Circuit. Yep. Uh, and they would kind of hear appeals yep. uh, and that sort of thing. So it's like, and that was kind of seen as the more important job. Right. Yeah. Uh. So, and they would only be in Washington for like a short period every year, and hear whatever cases they had. Like the Supreme Court, it didn't hear its first case until 1791. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and it's like two years into its creation. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, it, it's just not powerful, but it still does have some rulings. Mm-hmm. Uh, Blair was involved, uh, he did rule, in the 1793 case Chisholm v. Georgia, which was the first landmark decision handed down by the court. Now, that there's a thing called landmark decisions. Like, these are these decisions of, like, national importance that really affect, like, the whole country. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, like, think like, you know, Brown v. Board of Education, Roe v. Wade, uh, Plessy v. Ferguson. Big ones. Those are, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, like these decisions that like just affect everybody. Yes. And this is the first one of those. I'm not going to get into the weeds of it because, frankly, it's still a little hard for me to understand the legalese of it. Basically, the case centered around whether a citizen of one state could sue a different state in federal court. Hmm. So, like... I think that, so the case was basically like the executor of this estate, like he lived in South Carolina. He was suing the state of Georgia for debts they had not paid the estate he was managing or something, something like that. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, and Blair joined uh, Chief Justice John Jay's majority opinion that they can. Oh. And oh. this was seen as a bit of a surprise. Okay. They weren't expected to rule in this way. And this decision provokes the passage of the 11th Amendment, Mm. which, you know, first one after the Bill of Rights. So it probably doesn't get a lot of play in the history books. (laughs) Okay. Like, like definitely the ones, like, you probably learn about in your high school history class. First 10, Bill of Rights. 13, 14, 15, uh, Reconstruction Amendments. um, 18, Prohibition. 21, Repealing Prohibition. And some of the ones in the 60s. You probably don't learn about the Eleventh Amendment. I don't think I've, I don't even I couldn't tell you what it is. It's kind of obscure, and it's just it's 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 more an amendment because there's certain amendments that are like okay, this is dealing with the you have the right to do this. The government is not allowed to do this. Like these very broad concepts, mm-hmm. and there's a bunch, and then there's other ones that are just like very technical amendments, like they're making a tweak. Okay, kind of like the Twelfth Amendment, like oh. You have to elect the president and the vice president together instead of separately. Uh, it's see. like tweaking the way the Constitution works. Just a little bit, yeah, oh, with time. Yeah, this one's a little bit of both. So, and it's just kind of obscure. Uh, the 11th Amendment, basically, from my understanding, because, again, I don't speak legalese, it says that citizens of one state can only sue another state if that state consents or if Congress removes that state's immunity. Oh. So, like, I can't just out of the blue sue Indiana. Right. I don't live there. Right. If I wanted to sue Indiana in court, I would either have to have Indiana's permission. Which, why would they give their permission? I, I just, I don't know. Or the U.S. government would have to say, okay. Okay, well, that's more, that's a little better. Like, I, I, and suing them in federal court. 
So mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's very murky. I don't fully understand it. But point being, he takes part in a decision that provokes a constitutional amendment. Well, to that, essentially be like, oh, that decision was stupid. That's pretty big. Yes, I would say so. He he didn't yeah. he didn't like like he wasn't like the main driving force behind the opinion. It was Chief Justice John Jay, but he joins that opinion. Yeah. So that's okay. All right. So yeah, so that's what I got for We the People. A little bit of a detour to explain the Supreme Court at this time, but dang, okay. Yeah, so, Some so yeah, so what do you want to give him for We the People? Well, I think with all that said, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a six. Six. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like that amendment is. It's one of only 27, <laughs> so... You're right, and it was the first after the Bill of Rights, so... Yeah, and the Bill of Rights was like kind of the ones... They were kind of like, um... We'll have those... Like, it was almost like... Preconditioned that they would pass, because it's like... That was kind of how they got some of the states to agree to the, ratify the Constitution <laughs> right. in the first place, so it's All like right. they were always going to pass. Yeah. Uh, at least 10 of the 12 did, but... um, Yeah, the 11th is like the first, like really original one after the constitution is written yeah that's pretty so pretty big yeah um i'm gonna give him a five okay so it's middle of the road i was giving a i'll give him a little extra because of all the other stuff too yeah, yeah. um so. yeah because he wrote the or helped write the virginia constitution and all that stuff yeah hmm. yeah uh six and a five so that's an 11 11 for we the people now Articles of impeachment. Uh-oh. How scandalous were they? Uh-oh. He was an important guy in Virginia. Oh, no. They don't all have to be slave owners, do they? He owns slaves. Ah! <laughs> but I couldn't find more detail on the subject. Like, I couldn't oh, find really? how many he owned. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, this guy's kind of obscure. Is Even, he? I mean... I mean, he, he did he was quite a, a bit. He was, in a, he was on the Supreme Court, but it's like... Even then, it's like I, it just wasn't much about at least not much about him owning slaves. Okay, but the most he, I could find is that he owned slaves. That was that was it. He just owned pretty slaves. much. Um, huh. you, the College of William and Mary does have his correspondence on file, but Nothing I don't have it? access to it. Oh, you don't have okay. So I see you don't have access. I think that's all that stuff was like public. Not always knowledge or whatever. Not I always. thought it was. No. I guess a national security or whatever, right? Not even that. It's just like they want, like, okay, well, it's like you have to pay this fee because we have to maintain these archives, type of thing. How much is the fee? I don't remember. I'm like, uh, I'm not paying it. Oh come on, man! What no. people want to know? No, How many don't. slaves? Point being, he owns slaves. Okay, all right, fine. So that's I fine. know that's a deep that automatic four points for me. So, mm-hmm. uh, but that's the only thing I had on Argos impeachment. Okay, so, so eight. I, I'll give him four on that too then. Okay. So with a four and a four, that is an eight for articles of impeachment. Now, for your favorite category. Oh, yes. <laughs> the whites of their eyes. Let's see those eyes. What these people look like? Yeah, let's see him. Oh, man. <laughs> he looks crotchety. <laughs> Holy yes, he crap. Does. He has like a scowl on his face. He's... I don't think he was happy to be there. Get painted black and white. Looks like an etching or something. Yeah. Um, pretty simple. Not a lot of you know, no color or anything. No, no pizzazz. He's got short hair. He's not wearing a wig. Must have been when he was older. 
Yeah, possibly, but I, I, I couldn't even find a date on this one. Looks like he might have been in his 50s or something. Yeah. Um, it, listeners, it's just the one. If you go on Wikipedia, that's the one. That's the so. one? It's on Wikipedia? Yeah. Yeah, it's very plain. He's got like a scowl on his face. He's obviously a white guy. Um, short brown hair, kind of poofing on the back. He's got a black jacket on with a white vest. Yeah. Very simple. Very simple. So that's going to give, again, that's it's down the it's down the road. It's, it's a good likeness. I mean, I mean, as far as like looks like a person, it doesn't look like a Picasso or something. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Um, I'm going to give it 2.5. Two and a half. All righty. So that's a two and a half from you. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll give him a two and a half as well. Just it's right. It's down the right down the road. Yeah, you know, right mean, down the middle. Yeah, middle of the road. Nothing, nothing, nothing stuck out. Yeah. So I do, I do like how he looks so pissed off though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, crotchety old man. I mean, that's it's yeah. my jam right there. Yeah. Uh, so two and a half and a two and a half. That is a five for the whites of their eyes. Bonus round. Bonus. How many documents did he sign? Uh, just one. Sign the Constitution. Mm. So that is one point. So he has a total of twenty-five point five. Ooh. So that puts him. Uh, well, well, you know, I'll say this here momentarily. <clears throat> so that's a twenty-five point five, but. Score doesn't uh, doesn't always lend itself to uh, the next question. Oh, what's the next? Is question? John Blair Jr. Huh? a founding father? Uh huh. Or a floundering father? <laughs> so twenty five and a half. That puts him a point and a half above John Bannister, who was a floundering father, and half a point. Behind Josiah Bartlett, who is a founding father. <laughs> so he's like right there. <laughs> he's right in the middle. He's right there. So it's it's really just kind of you know what what do you what are you thinking, Steve? It's really there's, there's so little information. Um, we know he owns slaves, so that's always a bad thing. I hate that nobody likes that. Um, but he did a lot of things. He was on the Supreme Court, first one. Well, he did nothing when he was at the Constitutional Convention. He just sat there quietly. That's true. That's true. He did nothing there. Yeah. But he did other things. He helped with the Constitution of Virginia. Hmm. I mean, there's... I don't know, man. Like, it's, this is... Yeah, this yeah. Guy, the, the, these are the ones that's like... Uh, they're just like on the fence. It's like... Mm. Okay, since I'm on the fence about it and he owns slaves, he's a floundering, floundering father. Floundering father. Yeah, that's kind of the direction I was leaning to. Yeah. I mean, but he's right on the cusp there. He is. He's if like, he didn't he's... own slaves, I would have said founding father. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. That's a hard one to get get over. I just, I just don't have that gut feel. It's like, I, would, I wouldn't talk about... Like, if I had to pick, you know, ten founding fathers to talk about, he's not going to be one of them. No, I mean, there's so many of them. There though. are. Well, I mean, <laughs> even it's like, I'd probably, just, I'd probably never talk about this guy again. Dang. Cause like he's just, just so down. Yeah, he middle of the road. He's there, but it's like yeah, he's on the Supreme Court, but it's like it's when the Supreme Court didn't do anything. But he did. He was except for that one decision. I mean, but it was an amendment to the Constitution. Yeah, which is kind of big. It's big, but it's just like 
but but he's not the one that brought it up either. Yeah, he's not. He's not the driving force. He he's wasn't not the, driving. Yeah. So yeah. like, so it's like, yeah, he he voted for it, but it's like, yeah, and he wrote an opinion on it, but it's like, he wasn't the main. He didn't bring it. He didn't come up with it or anything. Yeah, he so. like John Jay was the main driver of it. So yeah. So yeah, floundering. I agree. Uh, John Blair Jr. Sorry to say, well, maybe not sorry. <laughs> um, you are a floundering father. So yeah. So uh, sources for this episode: Henry Abraham, Justices and Presidents: A Political History of Appointments to the Supreme Court from 1992; Melvin Urofsky, The Supreme Court Justices: A Biographical Direct, a Dictionary from 1994, and of course, see the pinned tweet for general sources. For the first time in a long time, I didn't have to use the biographical directory of Congress because he was never in Congress. So, oh, yeah. yeah, which is like <laughs> first time in like quite a while. Wow. So he's, he is the first chief or the first uh, justice of the Supreme Court we talked about. Oh, so, so there's four other ones. More. There will be more. Yeah. That were signers and? Signers and on were the on the court, court, especially like in the first few like John Jay, we'll talk yeah. about James Wilson. We'll talk about okay, um, a few others, but uh, yeah, okay. okay. So, podcast to recommend this week. Uh, I'm not going to recommend one because we have feedback. Yeah, wow, this is the first time we've ever had feedback. Yeah, uh, it's from May 10th, so I'm a little slow <laughs> on the uptick. He wasn't paying attention. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, I apologize, but it is a Five star review. We got a five star review. Five star review from Houston Taylor. Houston, thanks, Houston. Uh, I don't know if that's their name, but if it is, hey, what, what, whatever handle you go by. Mm-hmm. It says, "quote I am liking whatever I can hear about these episodes, and these persons provide wonderful insight." Okay, nice. Um, and then there's some like uh, technical stuff, like with the you know Apple Podcasts and like wanting it on Stitcher. But I think I think. This person also commented on that on Twitter, mm. and we fixed that in the meantime. Okay. So the technical part is fixed, but yeah. So, uh, but yeah, thank you, uh, Houston Taylor, for that uh, bit of feedback there. Yeah, that's nice. And if you want, just please, you know, go into Apple or you know wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, make sure you you know leave that feedback. You know, yeah, five star review, one star review. Whatever it is, yeah. whatever you feel like giving us, we're just happy. Just remember, we're going to talk about it. To so. have engaged, yes. So don't if you give us a one star, you better make it good. <laughs> yep. So that filth, flower, and filth. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, or just if you want to stop by our Twitter page, leave feedback there. That's fine. I, mm-hmm. you know, check that. You know, I'll get a little ping that you know somebody's commented. So yeah, uh, yeah. So. But that, that's that's a that's a milestone, Steve. <laughs> yeah, wow. Somebody somebody cared enough. Yeah. To write to a review. review and write something about and it. And gave us five stars. Yeah. And also I heard I guess uh Teresa last time she told me I guess we've had five hundred downloads. That way? Yeah, that's what she told me. Uh, yeah, I don't she keeps track of that stuff and yeah, she doesn't so tell me so. Five hundred downloads, too. Hey. I, you know, for just over a dozen episodes. That's pretty good. That's pretty good, I, yeah. I'd say. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah, so thanks, everybody. Yeah, thank you very much. So next time, episode 15, Richard Bland. 
Oh boy. <laughs> Judging by his name, I'm guessing it's going to be an exciting episode. <laughs> well, you'll just have to find out. I guess. But I will say this. Um, so looking ahead a couple episodes from now. Who that's going to be a humdinger. Oh, yeah? Yep. As in, do you have nothing or you have a lot? Oh, there's going to be a lot about this guy. Oh. Yeah, I, I, this is one I've been looking forward to a while. I'm not going to tell you who it is. But, All right. Yeah, right but, right. yeah, next episode, uh, we'll see if uh, Richard Bland lives down to his name. Yeah, let's see. So. Thank you so much for listening today. And uh, please check out our other projects. The Drunken Pond is a YouTube show where we play board games and drink beer. Uh, my other podcast called We Effed Up explores the instances in world history where the royal we effed up. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Imperfect Men Pod. I'm Cody. And I'm Steve. And this is Imperfect, Imperfect Men. Men.